0: Together on our knees, let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees, with my face to the rising sun, O oh Lord, have mercy on me. Welcome to The Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that The Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, the enabling of God the Father, be upon your life today. May our time together, be gathered up by the Spirit of the living God and made life to speaker and hearer alike. To you who listen to today's broadcast, I join you in your prayer for God's abundance in your life, God's divine will in your life, for the deliverance you need from the shackles in your life. I want to join with you in giving thanks for the grace of that he has extended to you for the love that you've experienced and for the challenges you face and the privileges that come with those. Let us together approach our Heavenly Father knowing that he listens and he responds. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We realize that our circumstances vary Our situations are different. Our experiences are different. But you are the same yesterday, today, forever. So today, Lord, as we spend time as speaker and hearer alike, we may hear from you. We may open our hearts to pour out our gratitude to you for your goodness. We may extend our hands and our hearts and our expectation for you to come and meet the needs in our lives. May these moments then bring glory and honor and praise to your beloved Son, our great Savior, our intercessor in the power of indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear friends, today we want to introduce a wonderful little book in the New Testament, the book of Titus. It's one of Paul's personal letters. The theologians call it one of the pastoral epistles, of which there are three. First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, and there's one more personal letter he writes to his brother and son the faith, Philemon, And it doesn't quite qualify as a pastoral epistle, although pastoral instructions are given there. So today, let's just spend time drawing from the fountain of life that God has given to us and left us in this little epistle to Titus. We'll break our presentation in two. We'll do part this week. And I hope you'll come back next week for part two. Let's begin by reading the first chapter of the three chapters of Paul's letter to Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, in the hope of eternal life which God would not lie, promised, before the beginning of time, and which now, at his appointed season, he is brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior, to Titus, my true son, in our common faith. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town, as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent— not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things that they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of Crete's own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true, Therefore, rebuke them, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in faith, will pay attention, will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the mere human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are desolate, detestable, rather, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That's chapters full, isn't it? It goes straight to the heart of being good elders. Titus 1 5 says you must ordain, 1 6 says the children must be trustworthy. One twelve says, and this comes from a Greek philosopher, Cretan, actually, philosopher Epimenides. He says that there are all those terrible characteristics described in verse 12. Now, let's just take a look at who this letter is written to. The people of Crete. Crete was a a little island there in the Mediterranean. It's part of the Grecian Empire. Uh, Crete is an interesting little place, a beautiful little place. As a matter of fact, looking at it on the map, if you flip it over, it reminds me somewhat in shape of my own island, Jamaica, where I was born. Long and fairly narrow. Now, Crete is longer than Jamaica, by about 20 miles, I think, but it's narrower in almost every place. There are Temperature throughout the year, the mean temperature, is about 10 degrees lower, typically speaking, than the average temperature of Jamaica. So they're both islands. The big difference is that Jamaica, with its 4,200 and some odd square feet, is about, quite uh, is about three-quarters the size of Jamaica, with 3,200, 32,000, thirty-two 3, hundred square feet. The major difference is that Jamaica's population is close to 3 million, while in Crete, there's just about 600,000. But just, it reminds me, when I looked on the map, both bases, one of the other. Now, Titus, we believe, was led to the Lord by the Apostle Paul on his visit there, and now he's away, and he's writing to solidify the work. and I believe that those of us who have had the privilege and responsibility of breaking new territory for God understand that we have a responsibility to do it God's ways. Now, you remember when Paul was on the Damascus Road when the Lord met him, challenged him, struck him down? Soon afterwards, as he sends him to be confirmed by his servant, the Lord said, "For he will see how much he will suffer for my sake, and I, God called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles, not excluding the Jews. But he was the particular voice that was to take the gospel of the grace of God, who came, which came through Christ, the Jewish Messiah, whom they rejected." and the Gentiles, as many who have received him, would become the children of God, as God formulates this divine entity, this living organism called the church. And God had plans for the church, and God has plans for the church. But the church that Jesus Christ died to win has become a Multifaceted human enterprise in many instances. Back when Paul wrote to Titus on the island of Crete, the church was solid together. Oh, it had its problems, as we will see as we go through Paul's letter to, to Titus. But it wasn't split up in dozens and scores of cliques and denominations and sects. It was one church. And Paul was writing to Titus to under the Spirit of God to keep it that way. The little epistle is to his son in the faith. Paul describes himself in the opening verses of Titus as a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He describes his religion as one that promises life eternal from God. It was founded in past eternity and propagated through the teachings that produces righteousness. That's the church that God designed. That's the church for which Jesus Christ died. It provides righteousness in the lives of those who follow the teachings. You see, Coming to Jesus Christ and saying, I'm saved, I trusted him as my Savior, is but the beginning of the wonderful and glorious journey of discipleship. When the Lord Jesus left his disciples, he said, Go into the world and make disciples of all people. It's not just the night you raised your hand or you came forward to be counseled. It's a lifelong. So Paul writes to his son in the faith, and they were both resident in the island of Crete in the Mediterranean. He entrusted him with the responsibility to set the affairs of the assembly there in order to ordain elders, plurality of elders, which means to put in place with authority and responsibility. Well, time has run out. I hope that your appetite has been whetted for this little walk through the book of Titus, it may take us more than two messages, but read it, and may the grace of God flood your heart with the light of God, and keep you faithful till Jesus comes, Amen. Well, before we go, let me ask you to trust the Lord Jesus for yourself. Lord Jesus, you might say, I am sinner. I need this great salvation, just like Titus received. From you, I now embrace Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Coming home ne-